Welcome in to the BSN Broncos Draft Podcast. We're going to talk about everything from, uh, you know, athletic builds to ball skills. And, and on we go, and down the line from there, right? Fill in all the blanks in between, yes. Jeffrey Simmons, a guy that I really like. But he's just a marvelous interior penetrator. Special, special, special kid. What an abundance of choice you have with these interior defensive linemen in this class. Kyler Murray, as long as he gets to draft day healthy, he will make more money. He's been asked the question. He's had multiple opportunities to say, I signed with the A's. I'm going to honor my commitment there. This isn't even a conversation. And he hasn't done it. That's all he has to say. And maybe after the Bama game, it's like, geez, he's not just a first rounder. He's a top 10 pick. Frankly, I would take him ahead of Herbert right now. And I think it'd be a toss-up with Pascal, 100%. And now, here's your hosts, Andre Simone and AJ Hayfoley. Welcome in to the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast. I'm AJ Hayfoley alongside Andre Simone. We are here at BSN headquarters on third straight day. We did I will, it. I will not be leaving mid-show this time around. Oh. That was my bad on that. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I had a I had a watch party to get to. Yeah. Um, not today, though. Party mm-hmm. was here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we showed up bright and early. Denver did not have any picks scheduled for the... Fourth round. Fourth round, as they had moved both of them. Yeah. One of them. One of them for Joe Flacco way back when. Right. And then another one to move up and get Drew Locke yes. from 52 to 40. And they used two fourth rounders that they came into contact with this year. To build their quarterback depth. Yeah. When you think about it that way, not bad. Pretty cheap, actually. Yeah. Pretty cheap. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to look at it. And then had a second fifth rounder because they got that for Trevor Simeon. So it was quarterback quarterback galore in uh, in day three. Yeah. As far as the returns from those picks. And... Um, yeah. So, yeah, first move of the day. Yeah, first thing that happened today, uh, they came into the day, they had two fifths and a, a sixth. sixth. and a seventh. Yeah, so we were expecting a busier day. Yeah. Uh, one of those picks was moved immediately before things even got going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they traded it for Dakota Watson. Yep, that's exactly right. It was like a pick swap, wasn't it? It was a, a fifth and... Oh, no, you're right. Okay, so we didn't have a six-rounder. We ended up with a six-rounder because we traded right. our highest fifth. And the seventh. For Dakota Watson and the sixth. No. No, we traded our highest fifth to move Stupid down seven. into the sixth round and got Dakota Watson for it. Okay. Then there was a subsequent move where we traded up Right, and using the the fifth and the sixth to get the Juwan Winfrey pick. Uh, no, we used that other fifth on Justin Hollins, and then oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can't. The Dakota uh, Watson deal was the one that messed me up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I couldn't remember the details of it, where because <laughs> there was a pick swap. It wasn't just like a straight up deal. Right, right, right. They ended up with a pick out of it too, and yeah, anyway. And then use that other sixth yeah. we had and our seventh to move up in the sixth and get Juan Winfrey. Yeah. So, point being, they walked out of today with Dakota Watson, yeah. uh, who everybody should remember as training camp stud 
And preseason stud. I mean, that guy coming off the yeah. edge was was fun to watch in preseason against the third stringers and what have you. I guess they needed a Shaq Barrett replacement. Yeah, I mean, certainly, and Shane Ray. And, and, and like, John Elway just can't go through a draft without being, like, give me those edge rushers. Absolutely. So, you know, and then, uh, so they get Dakota Watson, who we're all quite familiar with. We've seen him. Um, and then they draft Justin Hollins. Yes. Out of Oregon. He's a linebacker slash edge rusher. Yep. And then they trade up for Juwan Winfrey, the wide receiver from Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Okay. Yeah, I think caught us by surprise. Uh, uh, even though we follow the Buffs quite a bit, I do a bunch of live scouting at Folsom Field yeah. every year. Um, I mentioned I had on Twitter that I had about 20 wide receivers ranked higher than him. And that's not 20 at, to start the draft. That means at the point where he was selected right. at pick 187, I had about 20 wide receivers ranked higher than him. Wide receiver is just one of those deep positions, so that's not necessarily crazy. Um, let's get into Justin Hollins first and foremost. Though. Definitely, because that's an exciting pick. That's, yeah. a pick. that's a guy who's going to play. Yeah, and it was in, an interesting pick sandwiched in between Mac Wilson and Blake Cashman. Yeah, two guys that we had stumped for previously on the show. Yeah. That said, hey, well, these would be really good picks. Right. Uh, Mac Wilson goes the pick before. They go with Justin Hollins. Justin Hollins, that's five for five. Uh, they were on picks that visited them in the that were that were you know the thirty visits that they got. Yeah, which is pretty interesting uh, that that happened that way. And yeah, he's really intriguing for starters. He, you know, as you mentioned, he's an edge rusher with. With some length, yeah, he's got uh, okay size, and was really impressive at the the combine and workouts. Ran a four five flat, yeah. And as a guy who averaged a tackle for a loss per game, twenty six in the last two years. That's in twenty six games. Mm-hmm. Also had ten sacks. Uh, but I think what's intriguing about him is that athleticism, and in some ways reminds me of Leonard Floyd from the Bears and how Vic Fangio used him. Now, obviously, Leonard Floyd was a first-round pick. I'm not saying that's what we should expect from Justin Hollins. But what I mean but is... role. Yeah, that's the role. Maybe, and one, maybe like a bite-sized version of the role. Of course. Until he proves he can handle it of and course. so on and so forth. Yeah, good point. Uh, but what Fanjo did with the Bears is there'd be a decent amount of three edge rusher sets. Where you had Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, and you'd have Aaron Lynch, who's kind of a this pass rusher that's followed Fanjo from San Francisco all the way to mm-hmm. Chicago, and a, a decent utility pass rusher. So we should expect to see him in a year or two? I wish. They signed him to a one-year contract, which I was surprised. I really thought the Broncos might go after him, because he's such a like Fanjo lifer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's what I'm saying. Don't get him next year. Yeah, probably will, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's one of those deals where it's like, if you can't find a contract, you know who to call, Aaron. Like, <laughs> I'm here for right. you. Um, like, constantly, like, his, his lifesaver. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that was... And when they would do that, mostly Mack and Lynch would line up as conventional edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Floyd would kind of be moved around. He could be dropped. He could maybe come as a blitzer, or maybe he'd come off the edge and they'd drop another guy. And when you have a piece like that, it you know, it's 
it's tough to key in and read on what's going to happen. Right. Who's going to rush? Who's going to drop? I, and think I think in Denver that'll be easy to figure out. Yeah, totally. Like, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are going to rush. Though, you know, Vonza had that ability to, to drop. He did yeah. start his career as a strong side linebacker. Sure. Um, so, but, but, like, when push comes to shove on any given play, right. you're going to be like, what's the upside of Vaughn dropping versus rushing Vaughn? And, right. you know, we right. have one of the great sack masters of this generation and oh, a guy yeah. who could be in the Hall of Fame someday. Should be, I'd say. Like, I mean, he's on that track. Yeah. But you got to finish, you know. Yes, agreed. So, you know. Yeah, um, I so, feel like I feel like pretty comfortably like it, when, right, right. When what we're saying is when he gets involved in these sets, uh, look for him to to drop. Look for mm-hmm. Hollins to be the guy that likely will drop. Uh, and we, you know, watching the tape of it, there there was upside there. You know, there yeah. was there was potential. It's yeah. not you know, it's not dominant. It's not like it's, it's mm-hmm. not super flashy. Yes. But it's like, hey, this is something to work with. And when you're talking about a fifth round pick. You know, fourth round pick, like in that in yeah. that range. You know, after day two, you're not looking for guys who are necessarily starters, mm-hmm. but guys who are filling specific roles for you. Mm-hmm. It's why we saw a bunch of a bunch of specialists get taken today. Yeah, that's right. what it is. It's, right. it's guys who are going to fill very specific roles where you're like, hey, we don't have somebody on the roster who can do this right now. Right, and that's what Hollins is going to bring, and he showed acumen at it uh, in that role at Oregon. Yeah, that's exactly right. You could see that at Oregon, him playing off ball sometimes. You can see a little mobility sideline to sideline. And more intriguing, when dropped in coverage, you know, reliable covering the flats. At that 4-5 speed, he can definitely turn and run with running backs and tight right. ends. You Which know. is something we've seen them have. Oh, tons of struggles. Endless with. issues with. Right. Like, love you, Todd Davis. Love that you've maximized your talent. Yeah, absolutely. But turning and running with dudes is not it. Nope. And Justin Hollins just brings a little bit of that dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the it's not the Devin White, Devin Bush inside linebacker where, you know, this guy is going to be the central part of your defense and he's going to be the new, you know, like Patrick Willis. Yeah, of your right. Defense. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, like the nerve center. Right. What was, that's what I was trying to get to. Is right. like that guy. It's it's not that. Right. But he's a guy that can come on the field in certain situations and bring a different dynamic element of an athlete that mm-hmm. was not on the roster at the start of the day. Yeah, and I think it's you know, the the raw talent's intriguing. When you watch the tape though, he's a very disciplined player. There, and even though he's got a bit of a slender frame, he's got some power to his game. Uh, he's not the most agile, bendy edge rusher off the edge. If but there it, was more bend there, right, we'd he be talking about him as an actual higher. edge rusher. Yeah, totally. There's the, the lack of that, that bendiness mm-hmm. is really where it stands out, where you're like, okay, that's where this guy's ceiling right. is. You know, This is not a guy that's going to get around the edge and like, consistently blow away tackles. Yeah, yeah, good point. And at the East-West Shrine game where he stood out this year, uh, you saw him play a little more off-ball linebacker. So I wonder if beyond just him being our poor man's Leonard Floyd in this defense, if there is a bit of a plan to try him at outside, uh, inside linebacker and see I would, what he I would hope do. so. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll compete. And um, I also think the way this draft's gone, that Keyshawn Bieria and... I can never remember his name. What is it? Joe Joseph? Yeah. Yeah. 
could could maybe have more of a chance to to see regular snaps in this defense than initially thought. It might be a nice endorsement of Sua Cravens as well as a linebacker, which Man. hey, you're gambling a lot on that based what we based off of what we saw a year ago. Hey, if he figures from it him. out, man, and I've, I know, and I know we've been saying that his entire career. I've always been high on him. Yeah, it's just that if yeah. it clicks, like that's a such a valuable player. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And if there if there was ever a last chance for him to succeed, it's in this scheme. Absolutely. So that's interesting. I think we did feel like, boy, there's a lot of value still remaining at linebacker. And yeah. They went with an unconventional pick. We'll see how the undrafted free agents go. What I like about it, despite it being not one of those guys that we were, we've been looking at, yeah. is that you can still project, hey, this is a fit. This is, you know, mm. there's there's a role for this guy. Right. You're not just looking at it and like... Scratching your head completely. What was that? Right. Right, and I think worst kind case, of like I was with John Winfrey. Right, yeah, and worst case scenario, he's your backup edge rusher, and that's fine. He can yeah. be more than serviceable. And, that's you know, fine too. I mean, you you need that. Right, and I said, I mean, he was my hundred and twenty sixth ranked player, so still highly ranked. A guy who projects to be an NFL contributor and pick that pick right. one fifty six. So I mean, just gobbling up great value. Yeah. Every single pick they've had, really from the second to the second to last. Yeah. We have slight reaches on yeah. the first. And we're not going to revisit Noah Fant. No. And then Juwan Winfrey. Let's yeah. just get into this because we're going to come across as haters, as well, you like to and say. And for starters, this is a sixth-round pick. Let's, so let's, it's not going to influence a, a draft grade too much. This maybe won't not sway things. Maybe not haters so much as skeptical. Yeah, we are skeptical, and I mean, Juwan, I think, is a guy who at the Buffs program we was always expected to. Oh, this is right. going to be the year he right. breaks out. Like and, he's I got mean, the size, injuries. he's got the speed. Injuries hurt him. Never-ending injuries. Yeah. The guy, the guy finishes a college career that's been going on for the last half decade. Right, transferred from Maryland. With, with 60 you know, catches in his career. And it's just like that. 600-odd yards. Yeah. And, yeah, like there's this is pure projection. Yep. This is trusting your area scout. This is oh, yeah. trusting the word of, you know, Phil Lindsay. Yeah. Like this is. Or even a coach like T.C. McCartney. Exactly. obviously very close to the program. Like this, that's exactly what it is. is yeah. There's somebody in your room who's pounding the table for a guy at a position of need. And you're looking at all the guys that were out there. You're looking at Emmanuel Hall and Penny Hart and David Sills. Yeah, David Sills. Oh, David Sills. Kelvin Harmon was still. Yeah, Kelvin Harmon. You're talking all these cats, yeah. and they went ahead and they not only did they take this, they they consolidate two picks. Yep, exactly. To move up, they mm-hmm. they called it. And I asked you, I was like, does John Elway just want to go golfing? Like, is he he knows the weather in Denver is going to be bad the next few days? Is he just trying to get some? One last round in before he's got to get back to work next week? Well, I'll tell you what. John's got some uh, free agent decisions to make, so I don't think he's ready to go golfing <laughs> just yet. Hold your horses. Um, and you know what? Those wide receivers that we were talking about, there's going to be a lot of them that filter into the undrafted pool. Yes. They should be aggressively going after those guys because that's still – it's a position that we talked a lot about. Yep. And it was kind of when they got down to the Draymond Jones pick – at 71, it was going to be like, pick an Ohio State guy. Yeah. Take Terry McLaurin. 
And you're worried about, and you're worried about now your interior D line. Yeah. Take Draymond Jones, and then now you're worried about your wide receiver. Yeah. I think they made the right call. I love oh, the Draymond 100%. Jones pick. Yeah. Uh, love the upside. Love the fit. All of that worked out really nicely. And watching how the wide receivers have fallen uh, at the end of this draft, where look, every, to be honest, everybody's excited about next year's wide receiver class. Uh, yeah, because it's amazing. Everybody's everybody's kind of kicking the wide receiver can down the road, mm-hmm. where next year is going to be a bloodbath of teams going after wide receivers. For for all the ways that, that wide receivers we've been talking about in the last couple of years, like, eh, this guy's okay, this mm-hmm. guy's okay, this guy's not really worth the first-round yeah, grade. It's been a while since we've had a truly, like, oh, man, I love this wide receiver. You right. have to go back to Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins. It's that been, one. right. I mean... I loved Mike Williams, but yeah, and I mean, and he was a top ten pick. I liked but, I mean, Corey Davis, and I, I didn't. Did, I really liked Juju Corey Davis. was in that class. Yeah, and I wasn't a John Ross hater. I, I just felt not like in the top ten. But you know, that class was good. Those guys went high. Right. That that class is going to look like child's play next to what yes. next year's class is going yes. to be. And we, you know, when the draft finishes up, we've had some questions about this recently. That you know, what are we going to do? Um, you know, next week we'll do a full rundown of everything, and then we'll do one or two more draft shows before we take a couple week break. But one of the things we'll get into is a big preview of next year's class, and it starts with wide receivers. Yes, I mean, well, and quarterbacks, of course, because everybody loves the the Tua. That's the headliner. But I tell you, the wide receivers really. The wide receivers that. is really like going into it. Of course, you know, a year out, you never know. Yeah, but going into it. The wide receivers is are going to be the story of the class at the start of the season, and so that's what makes me think. Well, hey, maybe these teams are just, eh, you know, we're not we're not going to waste time on this guy or that guy. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about Emmanuel Hall. You know, we'll try to we'll we'll fill other positions of need, and then we'll look to do this next year at the highest level. Yeah, and that's a position just like linebacker where you're going to find some value. You want to stay local. I've said it. Alex Wesley is a speedster out of UNC. Yeah, He'd be a nice pickup just because we need more speedsters. Preston Williams, if you feel okay with his character, he had an unbelievable year with CSU. He'd be worth yeah. an undrafted free agency sure. call. And, yeah, I mean, if guys like Emmanuel Hall and what have you, we're recording this right as the seventh round ends. Any of those guys are still around. Oof. Right. Uh, you know, one of them, actually, one of our local guys, Olabisi Johnson, just got taken. And he was the guy that I thought would. High character, got a combine invite. It's not exactly. the most surprising. And to go to, to go to Minnesota, that's a team that knows what they're doing at that position. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like if you're a wide receiver and you get drafted by Pittsburgh or Minnesota, you have a big contract in your future somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. That's a nice <laughs> endorsement. So, but back to Winfrey, what he does bring to the table, what they could have seen. That upside's always been there, even as a collegiate player. He's got good size, uh, <coughs> measured in just under... Oh, man, the size is there. Just under 6'2". And, I mean, he's, he's like, ripped. He's jacked. Yeah. And he's got breakaway speed. At his pro day, he was just... On the fringe of a low, low 4.5, high 4.4. So in that 4.49 to 4.52 range yeah, and is at, where and, it came and in. And his height, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, no, that's you, not a 5.9 you know, totally. guy where he has to run right. a 4.4. Otherwise, you're like, nope, 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 <laughs> right. nope, 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 n
And, you know, he's strong. He's physical going up to get balls. Yak. He can create yards after the catch. Uh, so there's a lot to like here. I think... Show him some acumen as a route runner. I've yeah. Liked, I've yeah. liked some of the routes Developed that I've seen some, from him. Right. Where, you know, and, and certainly they're not asking him to run a real complicated tree in Colorado. No, no. But I have liked a little bit of what mm-hmm. I've seen out of him and, and his ability to set guys up and, and understanding how to do it. Set guys up is the key. Really like what he can do on double moves when it's yeah. deep. Really, at Colorado, though, they had so much speed, he kind of became an underneath safety blanket. And he played some in the slot. He played some outside. Outside, he's reliable going to the chains. He's a good contestant catch guy. He shows strong hands. He's made some tough catches in his career. It's crazy to say that, that there's so much speed at Colorado. Because, like, five years ago. Oh, I know. It was, like... Like, there were just no athletes. But now a wide receiver, man. Oh, I mean, they have... Darren Shiverini is not kidding around. He does an amazing job. He is just... I mean, he's crushing the Texas Mm -hmm. recruiting trail. And uh, bringing the DeSoto kids in, obviously, was was huge. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? (laughs) To have a pipeline into a major Texas high school like that, yeah. Yeah, DeSoto, of course, the high school that a a certain Vaughn Miller has come from. So, uh, (laughs) no... Not bad blood there. Um, so, hey, I get it. I think he reminds me of Dante Pettis in some ways, the Washington wide receiver, though I see less drops. Obviously, there's a lot more, more production. Size. A little more size. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Uh, and Dante Pettis was a sec- high second-round pick for Rich Scangarella. Yeah, that well, staff. Dante Pettis was also a world-class punt returner. World-class punt returner. That was actually his best skill. Yes, it was. Um, and obviously, a world's better production than <laughs> Yeah. Then Winfrey, who's dealt with injuries, crowded receiver class. Right. You know, I mean, there was there was the uh, the CU guys. You know, you had the older guys. Yeah, the Shea Fields of the world. And yeah, like, Shea, and Bryce Bobo yeah, and, Bryce and those Bobo. guys. And so they kind of had to wait. Yeah. The coaching staff was very reluctant to put the other guys on the field. Yeah. And then the next guys showed up. It was Nabisca Chanel and, right, and Katie and, Nixon, and, yeah. And it was like the Visca show. Yeah. You know, it was because you remember through, what, seven weeks last year we were talking about Visca for Heisman. Uh, rightfully and, so. And that wasn't like some yeah, Homer stuff. Right. It was like, like ESPN had him in their so. top five finalists. You know? So, yeah. you know, that was that was the kind of competition that he faced at CU. Yeah. And so what we're saying is that there's this is a true diamond in the rough here. Mm-hmm. And the only, and strictly from a draft perspective, where, you know, where we are. Yeah. The only thing that we're going to whine about here, and I say whine in quotes, yeah. the, only, the only gripe that we have is that this is very likely a guy that would have gone undrafted. Yeah, but who knows, though? I mean, obviously they got some intel. They felt they needed to move up to go get him. They did not want to miss out on him. And at the end of the draft like this, if you love a guy, just go do do it. it. Do it. I mean, look how close they came to screwing up the Phil Lindsay thing last year. Right. And that was a guy they knew they wanted. Mm -hmm. And they took a different running back at the end of the seventh round. Like, they tried to screw that up. Right. And... I will say maybe maybe that taught them the lesson. You know, maybe yeah, could be. Maybe they learned from it and they said, "Hey, you know what? We got cute last year. We got away with it. There's no need to do that this year. Right? Let's just go get this kid." Yeah. Because Which that wasn't a kid who grew up in Aurora. No. So you weren't going to be able to pull right. on the the hometown heartstrings here. Right. You know, this was a mercenary college player that came in for opportunity. Not for yeah. love of Colorado. A hundred percent. So you are not going to be able to pull the same sales pitch right. that you did on Phil. Right. Yeah. You so know, 
Oh, you grew up. You were you were a junior Bronco. Right, right, right. You grew up down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, know, you played. Work you with you played your high school football games in Mile High. You know, right. Juwan Woodfield was gonna be like, eh. So they went up and they got a guy that they liked, um, and now it's on him to to prove that they knew what they were doing. And personally, I'm excited. They needed a wide receiver. They needed some more competition at the spot. It's nothing against Tim Patrick, who everybody, I think, would agree was a nice little revelation last year. Yeah, yeah, I think that's who he'll be competing with, is yeah. Tim Patrick. And it'll give it'll force Deshaun Hamilton to have more competition, too. I mean, let's face it, he was dealing with some injuries, too, uh-huh. but wasn't always as productive as he should have been. And, and, you know, he needs to be able to run more than just, like, a crow route. Yep, he. I mean, he really does. We, You need to run more than 10 deep. And it's also a little insurance clause for uh, Sanders' Achilles. Mm-hmm. Though I think the way this draft has gone, we should be encouraged about how they feel about Sanders' Achilles. We should be encouraged about how they feel about Chris Harris. Because at this point, Chris Harris Jr. is staying. And, and they did not draft a corner. Right. They'll get they had a lot of opportunities. If they need it. Yes. And I do expect them to add someone in the undrafted race. Oh, for sure. I think wide receiver, but, defensive back, and linebacker, they need to hit hard. And always, always, always a lineman. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that either side of the ball. Always, always want at least one offensive lineman yeah. and one defensive lineman on as, right. as an undrafted guy. You always need those bodies. You all you, you never know with those guys. So many undrafted guys hit at that position yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. And find their way onto rosters, mm-hmm. turn into depth for you. Like it's like the one, like the, the the one space along the lines is like where you can consistently find right. those guys that can at, at the very least turn into rotational guys for you. Totally. And I could see them adding, you know, a fullback like Alec Ingold of Wisconsin to give us a little competition there. <laughs> I'd love someone like Brett Rippon. Or Jordan Tanner. Oh, another quarterback. A would quarterback be, to compete with Kevin Hogan. Well, the way that the way that this has kind of unfolded, you know, if you were to get Brett Rippon and then maybe be able to, to to stash him on a practice squad, that'd be amazing. Like, I guess Tyree Jackson didn't get drafted. Wow, that's crazy. Is it? Is it? That's not insane, but I mean, it's surprising. It's surprising. I mean, when quarterbacks that go to the Senior Bowl, you usually are talking about guys who are. Like, I mean, they're good enough to be there. They're good enough to get the draft hype. Yeah. You know, I, I'm i always disappointed when senior bowl guys don't get drafted. Yeah. At, at quarterback. Yeah, there's, only, there's only six of them. Yeah, fair point. And I guess everyone else, Will Greer, Gardner Minshew, of course, Jones and Drew Locke, Ryan. Right. Greenland. And I mean, this ended up being very few quarterbacks taken at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the, the four that we thought at the top. Yeah. And then there was a big gap. And then it was Will Greer. Yeah. And then Clayton uh, Thorson, Clayton Thorson uh, Jared Stidham. Right, Stidham to the Patriots. Some of those guys ended up going. Interesting, yeah. You know, Minshew got drafted, and, and this just kind of ended up being very underwhelming, where I think it's going to be interesting to see where a lot of these undrafted uh, QBs land. Right. Yeah. I think they should be on the phone with Brett Ribbon, too. I really liked him. I thought he was a guy mm-hmm. that... Had they taken him in the fourth round, and obviously not Drew Locke in the second round, right? I would have been like, "Hey, cool, backup." Oh, I would have been pretty happy with that. I think he's got some real developmental upside. Yeah. So I guess there's even some names to follow on the undrafted ranks. 
be interesting. I think what happens with the linebacker position is going to be really, really interesting now. I think wide receiver too, just because of the depth that of guys that we liked. Oh yeah, that are still there. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, whew. and I mean, wide receivers. I mean, just not that many got drafted. No. Given, no, I mean, and I there's mean, just, it's such a, like, loaded class. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, you're looking at this list. I'm, I'm surprised. You know, Emmanuel Hall, Penny Hart, Preston Williams, Anthony Johnson. All of those guys. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, there's, I mean, there's talent remaining here. Demarcus Lodge, even Johnny Dixon, Stanley Morgan Jr., Marcus Lodge, I'd really like as a deep. Yeah, yeah Lil Jordan, Morgan, Lil Jordan Humphrey. I mean, please make it happen, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Come <laughs> on. What was it that he ran? You know, like in the four seven. Yeah, and like that high and four I remember seven. I texted you when we were talking about it, and I was like, "He's not getting drafted." Yeah. Tough because his tape's intriguing. That's oh, a right. big I wide mean, receiver with a lot size. of a lot of like enticing skill. Yeah. Uh. So. But you just can't be that slow, man. No, I know. I know. Uh, so, I, and that might be why they went with a guy like Winfrey. Because all these other guys, you know, Penny Hart ah, doesn't have the long speed, really undersized. Yeah. Emmanuel Hall, he dealt with a ton of injuries, too, in his right. career. Well, and that's why I like Emmanuel Hall is because there's a lot of tape of him and Drew Locke making some oh, magic happen. I know. And I was thinking, if they draft Emmanuel Hall, injury issues. I don't even need to find new gifts because the all, <laughs> all the big throws, all the big throws in the Drew Lock film room are to Emmanuel Hall. It's so crazy. selfish. Had, hey, oh, so, you know me. So so thinking of you in a time like this, you know me. Um, and you know that down the list is David Sills. Really, that explosive? Is there much upside with David Sills? Preston Williams has the character issues. Alex Wesley, you wonder, like, is he just the speed demon? So Winfrey, I think you look at his ability to be both a safety blanket and a deep threat. You look at that whole package, I can see why they're enticed by that upside. Um, and I, I mean, think Justin Hollins David is one of the more interesting touchdowns, guys. though. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, he was in that wide open offense. He was he was great. I mean, he, he was and, great. and there was there was separation. He's got great size. Yeah. He yeah. showed great hands, good toughness. I'll tell you, wasn't impressive at the Senior Bowl. He looked like just a guy. That's problematic. Yeah. Especially, I mean, how much stock the NFL puts into that that weekend, that week. Well, I mean, it's number ones against other number ones. And there's there's other guys, you know, not just adding a wide receiver, but a guy who could be a returner, too. Yeah. I, I mean, you always of, need to be trying to up your return game if you don't have a guy. Oh, especially in Denver. Jeez. Right. Um, right. So... Yeah, there's a there's going to be some options. They must to me. They must add a wide receiver, at least one, among these um these free agents. Have yeah. to, have to. Um, I agree. So yeah, and Justin Hollins to me will be one of the more interesting things to follow. Where do they play him? Yeah, it'll be, be a fun training camp story. Yeah, you know things always emerge, but you always want to keep an eye on the rookies. Yeah, and because this ended up being such a small class overall, right. You know, they came in with, what, eight, nine picks, and they just sort of... Ended up with six plus Dakota Watson. Yeah, yeah. and we already know what Dakota Watson is. 
So Yeah, it is weird for a 31-year-old. I got a great question on Twitter of why did they move so quickly to do that trade? Yeah. Why not let it play out, get closer to the pick, see who's still available yeah. before pulling the trigger? Why 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 do I mean obviously if we're reading I, I the, why <laughs> if we're reading the tea leaves it's one they felt good about either Hollins being able to drop or other options at linebacker if he wasn't still there yeah I think their plan all along was Winfrey I mean that must have been that, one of their guys that they were targeting there's no way that he was not a priority for them given the way starting that they went the day about it. right yeah. And they said, you know, they're thinking just like us. Like, hey, he might just be an undrafted, so I don't think we need to worry about it too much. We could give up this pick. And look, I think they want more edge rush depth, edge rush depth, and they like Dakota Watson. And here's the other thing: with that added edge rush, edge rush depth. Jeez, I need to go take a nap like in two seconds. Mister Irrelevant, um, Caleb Wilson, my guy, one of my guys. That's how you draft um, a tight end. Mm. That I, you guys have had to hear it a few times. I've had to hear it like every tight end pick we have watched. <laughs> we have watched every pick of this draft together, and this guy's chirping away like that every single pick. Every tight end on day oh three that has gotten picked, I've said that's how you draft a tight end. Pretty much. Um, I mean, come on, Mister Irrelevant. I like Caleb. I, I do too. Maybe I overranked the tight ends. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Keaton Smith got drafted? Yeah, and I was like, "How hard would that have been?" I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, like don't don't even complain about this. At worst, a level draft. I can't wait I, to see yeah. who got the best value out of all these classes and see where the Broncos stack up. I imagine they're a top three class in the entire draft. You will. Getting Drew Locke in the second round is going to give them all the national buzz where everybody's sure. going to love what they did. But just based off my rankings, the fact that they got four top 50 prospects, yep. I'd venture to run, say dude. no one else was able to it's do a, it. It's a home run. Yeah. I, mean, I can I'm, whine about Noah Fant all I want, and I'm still giving them an A. You better. Yeah, like, come you on. That's, this, this is the draft class that you combine it with last year's draft class. And when they win the AFC West and embarrass Patrick Mahomes two years from now. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. This is the these are the two years that they put together and combine mm-hmm. that spearhead that effort. A hundred percent. Yeah, and whatever, you know, any talk of, oh, is Elway still gonna have a good draft without Kubiak? Yeah, he's gonna have an even better draft. Yeah. Um This is a high floor. High ceiling. High floor, high ceiling, addressing a ton of needs, right. ideal fits. Um, back Character to what guys I, too, right. a bunch of captains. Right, yeah, yeah, which has worked for them recently. Back to what I was saying about the edge rushers. I think this is also an indication that we might see Bradley Chubb hand, hand on the ground a little more often this year. Good, let him do what he does. Yeah, absolutely. The guy has the power in the frame to do it. Right, let I mean, Chubb be Chubb. No, 100%. Um... Anything else you want to add? This is kind of an ad-free pod and yeah, kind of a shorter version. We won't go bunch of right. segments. I mean, just two picks. So yeah, uh, what else do you? We're want? not going to sit here and try and stretch this into a forty-five minute monstrosity. No, especially because we, we want you know we want to digest this and give you a yeah. full recap and analysis. Give us a couple of days to run through all the teams mm-hmm. in the league. So right. next week's show, we'll talk. Obviously, we'll talk Broncos. 
games. Yep. We're going to break in. We're definitely getting into the AFC West. Of course. And then we always kind of do a, you know, who your favorite, some of your favorite classes from around the yeah. league, and what do you like, and what don't you like. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that before, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but two weeks from now when we turn the page and we start looking ahead at 2020. I know, crazy. I'm so excited for the undrafted free agents. Tyree Jackson's already signed with the Bills. Um, That's such a bad fit. We'll be taught. Uh, backing up Josh Allen's not bad. It's the same guy. Yeah, that's what you need. The same guy. I mean, you're trying to work out the same problems with the same, with, with all of these, uh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Handle it. It'll work. Dude, I, I mean, you want to know why the Patriots win the division every year in the AFC East? It's because they don't have anybody pushing them. I mean, I guess, yeah, like, that's true. They've had, what, they had, like, two fluke years where the Jets pushed, and one of them where they won it. The Dolphins, like, stumbled their way into competitiveness once or twice in the well, last decade. What's your point, that Tyree Jackson being signed as an undrafted free agent is, is going to make it so that the Bills aren't going to win the AFC? Is indicative of decision-making that has made that division a cakewalk for a really long time. I, I would... It is consistent with just poor management. With, with respect, I'll say that's a bit of a stretch. I think we're reading too much into an undrafted. I mean, I just I I didn't particularly love their draft as a whole either. I they liked started it. off well. I, exactly. Yeah. I liked it at the top. Yeah. I mean, Ed Oliver and Cody Ford, you're off to a really, really good start. But that's a great example of if you don't keep it going, you're going to walk out of that draft and you're going to be like, well, they got Ed Oliver and Cody Ford out of it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and both right. of those guys have serious question At marks. Worst. And you're like, hey, is Ed Oliver going to be a transcendent or a, a very good, he wasn't transcendent, but a very good college player that just turns into an okay pro? Like a solid pro? Yeah. Because there were some, there were, there were enough red flags there where you were like, ooh, now he could become great. He probably will. Right. But, you know. I'm excited to talk about the league because I think there were some teams I that... Too. I think there were some teams that crushed. This was a fun draft. Yeah. This uh, well, and this was an, an it was an action packed draft where yeah, the there were surprises all over the place. Mm-hmm. It wasn't your very typical quarterbacks rose right got overdrafted like crazy, you know, outside of Daniel Jones, of yeah, course. And and you're talking it was it was very heavy on the edge rushers, you know. So we we have wide receivers get dropped. Quarter, right. We had one cornerback. In, in the first, first round. round. Yeah, which from what I can find hadn't happened until 1987. The day two starts, and it was yeah. like quarterback, quarterback, safety, safety, quarterback, quarterback, safety, right. safety. And you're like, okay, well, here we go. This is right. a lot more normal. Yeah, that was wild. So I can't wait to do that. And yeah. Mon- you'll have one day off, and Monday you will have RK and Zach back. I'm interested to hear their reactions. Yeah. And, um, yeah, keep following all our coverage because after this I'll be pumping out a whole more, a whole lot more recap stuff and what have you. And actually I wouldn't mind writing a piece on the 2020 class. Uh, after day one, I give almost it, wrote a piece on the 2020 quarterbacks. And I'm glad time. I waited. <laughs> I would say let that one breathe. Yeah, we'll see. How, we'll uh, see how I feel. I mean, I tell you what, though, uh, how decisions in 2019 – set up for 2020. Right. Because I think right. there was a lot of that going on this weekend. There were teams, I mean, we saw Miami, right? Yeah. Stockpiling Miami. 2020 picks. I know. 
And they're gonna have a they're gonna take a one year flyer on Josh Rosen. Yep. And then if it if it blows up in their face, they're not committed to that dude. No, totally. Uh, the beauty is the Cardinals paid him all his guaranteed money. Right. So That's what I'm saying. They're really like off the they, hook. They take a one-year flyer on Josh Rosen, yeah. and they've got all the 2020 picks that they started accumulating, and they're going to lose plenty of games on their own. Right. You know, and I mean, that's even with however you feel about their draft class. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, like, they're going to lose plenty of games. They're going to be in position again to be aggressive if they want to go for yeah. one of those quarterbacks at the top of 2020. And that's a perfect team mm-hmm. to say, look at what 2020's class and look well, at sure. how teams are planning for it. So you're saying I should contact BSN Miami to publish this piece? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, sure, it's sure. a good idea for them. No, not, I'm, not for us. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like as a, a league wide, we saw a lot yeah, of yeah, decisions yeah. being made with for an the eye, term. with a very uh-huh. specific lens towards right. what the league knows is coming in next year's class, yeah. which is very specific on a couple of positions. Right. Being very high-impact positions. Including the Broncos still having two third-rounders next year. They held on to that third they got from the Steelers, so that was nice. Good for them. Yeah, they're going to have to use that to move up to go get uh, Visca next year. Make it happen. Drew Locke and and Visca and Phil Lindsay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And Noah Fant, I guess. With Dalton Risner guarding the block and form and stuff. That'd be fun. I will say, the biggest disappointment of the weekend... No Connor McGovern. Yeah, uh, I know. I was secretly hoping at the Draymond Jones pick that they would just go all in and go with Connor McGovern, and I would get my McGovern and McGovern law firm idea. That uh, you you sponsored that way early last on last August. <laughs> last August is correct. I went back and listened to the episode. It never quite happened, yeah. which was a shame. But yeah, yeah. I did actually go back and listen to the episode where we previewed last year's tight ends. Uh huh. I love Noah Fanton. Well, there you go. There you go. Better to listen to AJ's takes in August <laughs> than it is in April. <laughs> this is a family show. Uh, that's exactly right. I'm glad you watched your language. Uh, yeah. Let's get out of here. All right. Well, thank you guys for following along all week. This is the final special edition of the BSN yeah. Broncos Draft Podcast. It has been a true pleasure to be with you, AJ, these three days and to have all you guys interacting with us. Yeah. I've loved it. Um, it's since... crazy that it goes by this fast. Oh, I know. When we're in it, it feels like it takes forever. And then, yeah. it's... And then when it's over, you're like, is that all right? It's wild. Yeah. No, I can't. In fact, I'm going to take like a week to... I love, I love to go back to the tape, see some guys that yeah. I didn't have ranked as high. Why did this team have them ranked higher? Mm-hmm. And... Do that kind of stuff because I think it's an important exercise. I think we're too quick to, okay, it's in the books, cool, move on. Yeah. So I really need to digest this. It always. It's I like also you, need it's some like when you rest. see a movie. So <laughs> you know, you see a movie and you're like, oh, okay, I feel about this initially. Right. right. And then if you go back, because I always see every movie twice unless yeah. it's truly horrific. Interesting. Um, because I all I almost always feel a different way the second viewing about a movie. Hmm. Because I've digested it, and right. I know what's right, coming, right, right. and there's, you know, I look at it through a different lens. Yeah, I think we should do that with the the draft is a great 100%. thing to do that with as well. Yeah. Because so much is instant reaction. In the next twenty four hours, there will be full blown grades for every single pick and every single team and every draft class. Which draft classes killed it? Right. Which draft classes made head scratching decisions? Right. Like all the stuff that we media pump out. Yeah. Because people devour it. And people love it. 
I read all that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go home and read all of it over the weekend. On that note, check out my grades. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> See? Like, there's all that, but some real perspective here. Yeah. Um, when you get a little bit of time, yeah. you can really start to digest it and give a much, but a, I think, a much more focused... I think that's a more interesting exercise is trying to understand why did team A take prospect B? Why, why did just, Oakland go with Cleveland Farrell at four right. instead of Josh Allen? Right. What was it about him that sold them? Right. And I think, I, I to me, I think it's obvious. But, I mean, it's I know the that power element and production. Well, and I think... The versi- fact that he's a leader and a I dog. think versatility. Versatility, huh? Yeah. I think the fact that I think he could go inside or outside, and Josh Allen, I don't feel like, has any of that. But Josh Allen's versatile as could be a 3-4 outside linebacker or a 4-3 outside linebacker. Sure. But that's... Yeah, no, I hear you. Like I think at the end of the day, that guy's gonna rush the passer. Yeah, yeah. Like I that's mean, that's what I they mean, were gonna. Both, yeah. That's what they're gonna yeah. use him for. Right. Like right. So whatever position, sure. but with but with Cleveland, I think you could you know you could get away with moving him inside, and then depending on what they wanted to do with the rest of their draft class, I haven't looked at it yet. That's like a five tech inside. Sure. Yeah. Play some odd fronts if they yeah. wanted. Like I I think yeah. I think there's I just think he's. A Swiss Army knife, and then he's going to be able to do a lot sure, of things for sure, them. Sure, sure, sure. And instead of just being like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna drop him on the outside, he's gonna put his hand on the ground, he's gonna rush the passer, and that's gonna be what he does for the next five years. Right, right. You know, with him, they're gonna be able to. There's so many different elements to him as a player and as sure. a person that didn't exist with yeah. the other guys there. Right. You know, had Quinn Williams been there, he was the obvious pick. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the guy I think that right. they really wanted. Right. Um, but that's. You know, that's like that's where I think that's what that's what that was all about. Right. You say why is you know Team X going after player A or player B? Why did they value this guy higher? You know, why did Houston want Titus Howard? Yeah. yeah. You know, with all the tackles, I mean Dalton Reznor being one of them. You know, mm-hmm. what, why? Cody Ford, why right that guy? Yeah. You know, those are. I think it's very interesting discussion that we could we could even get into on a show sometime. Like yeah, what what week. we saw. You know. Right. Versus some of the more controversial picks, you know, why why LJ Collier to Seattle? Yeah, no kidding. That's another. I mean, Seattle. I'd love to see their big. Yeah, we were talking about during the draft that Seattle just really they march to the beat of their own drum. They do their own thing, and mad respect. It's obviously worked for them. It's worked for them. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone criticizing them, you know, criticize now at your own peril. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, on that little side tangent. Yeah, I mean, this turned into a forty-minute show. It's been a pleasure. We just keep talking. Yep. Let's get out of here for the weekend. You still have writing to do, and I would like to go enjoy half of a day off before I have to get back to hockey tomorrow. Enjoy it. Great. We will see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. It's been the BSM Broncos Draft Podcast.